Ball and Beards podcast on a Friday. We're approaching 5 p.m. It is getting ridiculous on the highways heading towards Detroit. I think that's probably because the Tigers are not in town. I think people would prefer to go that way when they are not playing. Obviously, the Tigers not starting off that well this season. Obviously, it's been atrocious. Uh, it's been uh, tough to talk about, and I don't even want to get too in-depth with it today. I want to have uh, a good holiday weekend, so I won't get carried away with that. But uh, it's been bad. Uh, obviously, Ben, my co-host on the show, will be with me later. I'm sure he will love to talk about that. Dave Dombrowski ruined us. Maybe he can ruin them in Boston. We'll get on that in a little bit. We'll talk NBA hoops. Before I talk about NBA playoffs and, uh, of course, the Michigan hire, I got a perfect guy to talk about that with. I have Dan Hardenbrook with me. Uh, he runs an awesome uh, program. It's in as the sports director at M123FM. Dan, how are you today? Oh, I'm great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. I am excited about this. Obviously, Dan, we um, we had uh, met through the, the basketball camp. I ran in Newberry. You guys did an awesome job. I was blown away. Uh, talk to, uh, to the people a little bit about what you do and where it's located. I know I love, you know, your guys' uh, sports programs out there. But, uh, yeah, give us a little uh, a view of what's going on up there in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Well, right now, uh, everybody's gearing up for UP finals track and field, which is, is the state level meet uh, for all the schools north of the bridge. And as I explained it to somebody yesterday, uh, coming back from, from a conference track meet, uh, UP finals for track and field over in Kingsford, which is uh, on the, the Wisconsin border, it sure. is basically uh, equivalent of like the miniature Olympics. They do a great job. Uh, you're going to have four or 500 athletes from uh, every level, uh, as big as Mark and Escanaba, all the way down to uh, Mackinac Island, uh, Paradise, uh, some of these little towns. So it's the one event where every athlete in the UP, if they can perform up to standards, has a chance to qualify for it. Well, that's outstanding. And obviously, from Michigan, when when I post this, understand all of that. But what I what I really want to do because we have a great following. We're starting out in Boston, which is I know a little um, a ways away from us out here in Michigan. But I give uh, give the listeners an idea because people are really they don't understand how the whole state works. And and I, I try to tell people I put my hand up, I do the mint thing, but give them an understanding because it's much different up there than it is uh, down where I'm at in Michigan. We're uh, in Newberry, 65 miles northwest uh, of the Mackinac Bridge. Um, it's 100 miles uh, one way or 65 miles the opposite way to find your nearest Walmart. Um, <laughs> the, the big dust up in the small town communities is that Dollar Generals are coming into town and starting to open up and people are going crazy about that. Um <laughs> Our conference, uh, the school district here in Newberry is, is almost 1,500 square miles. Um, wow. It's larger than the state of Rhode Island. Uh, it covers parts of four different counties. Um, your closest road game for a high school sporting event is 20 miles. Um, most of them are uh, 45 minutes to an hour plus. 
Wow. Um, the Straits Area Conference goes from Sheboygan, which is about 25 miles south of the bridge, uh, all the way over here to Newberry. So you're talking about three, three and a half hours from one end of the conference to the other. Uh, the EUP Conference uh, goes from Newberry to the west, all the way over to Detour which I'm not sure people know. You can go east when you get to St. Ignace. You don't have to go west or north. There is room out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, So, yeah, you you know, you load up and when you're playing a road game, um, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not a a 20-mile trip. Um, A lot of uh, the sports self-transport because they can't get a bus to travel that far. Sure. Uh, and be able to cover all the school routes. Uh, so, you you know, when you're making a, a road trip, uh, you're making quite the road trip. 88 miles yesterday for, for Newberry to head to its conference track meet. Wow. That, that's so challenging for an athlete, and that's that's great information. A lot of people understand, you know, what some athletes go through, and, and up there especially because I completely remember now when, once we met and, and I was up there, because I have a little experience in the Upper Peninsula, but not a uh, in-depth view of everything. And I can tell you, yeah, those long trips for a, a road game are incredible. I mean, I did not have it that way. My high school uh, path was very easy. I think the furthest we traveled um, when I was at Hanover Horton was against, um, in conference, I mean, in Manchester, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, top. And then every other game was 15 minutes away. And then we had other games that were eight, nine miles away. But uh, I want well, to think about this. this. One thing I want to add, though, here, here. let me tell you this real quick, though. If you guys want the best calamari in the world, uh, go to Curtis, Michigan. And please, what's the place again, Dan? Please tell me because it was unbelievable. You're the one that hooked it up. And uh, Chamberlain's Old Forest Inn, uh, man. Oh my gosh, Chamberlain's. I, we're raving. We can't, we can't stop talking about it. It's the best calamari I've ever had in my life. It's, uh, it is, it's perfect. It's right out on the lake. Uh, it's about 20 miles uh, south of Newberry. So if anybody's uh, headed up uh, this way this summer, uh, hit the Mackinac Bridge, hang on US 2 for about uh, 60 miles, and uh, you'll run into uh, the suburbs of Curtis. This is a town of about 250 year-round residents. And... Uh, uh, it's definitely worth the trip. And I heard you in the open. I think everybody is coming north, not only because it's Memorial Day weekend, but they are running from the Tigers. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. I mean, I look, we, we're going to talk some sports here um, in a minute, but I do want to touch on a couple more things we are doing because I think it's powerful. But, uh, yeah, it's been atrocious out there. It's very sad. But, hey, what would you expect from being a – sports pro fan it's it's horrible. it's absolutely horrible but i want to touch on a couple of things because you kind of started um something out there and i've been following it obviously but i want you to enlighten people because i think it's powerful when you're in a small community and you can try to do big things talk about your guys's uh sports programs i know you guys do a lot of broadcasting of games but talk about the new direction that you guys are heading into well, we are uh, at M123 FM, which is a, a small digital media company that uh, me and a business partner started uh, last year. Uh, operates uh, in a lot of different ways, uh, social media advertising, audio, video production. Um, but there was a neglect 
um, with small town rural areas, a lot of these kids and a lot of these sports programs uh, don't get a lot of coverage. So he went into uh, live play-by-play for uh, local high school sports. And as we were going around, um, a couple of our local schools asked us if we would then come in and cover some of their uh, their school events, like band concerts and assemblies and different, you know, community events. And then uh, when the basketball season ended uh, this past winter, uh, we sat down and we said, you know, things are slowing down for the school year, uh, sports wise. What are we going to do for content? And we decided we were going to go out into the community and start covering uh, school and community events. And now uh, what we're doing is uh, off of the success of that is uh, we're in the process of starting up uh, a regional uh, school network, which primarily will focus on covering all of the athletic teams, uh, football, basketball, volleyball, wrestling, cross country, track and field, baseball and softball, uh, not just the high school level, but down at the youth level as well, uh, where uh, one thing that we've seen is a lot of people leave for the winter, but still, you know, grandpa and grandma still want to watch the grandkids. Well, if they're in Florida or Arizona or, or Texas for the winter, uh, this is a way for them to kind of bring a piece of home with them where they go still support their communities Um, A portion of all of our advertising dollars goes back to the organizations and the events we cover. So not only are we broadcasting and are we covering events, but, you know, we're also uh, helping raise money for the schools, for the athletic programs, for the communities. Um, And, you know, one thing we're looking at is uh, there's not a TV station within 100 miles of where I'm sitting right now. Um, there's uh, only two FM sports stations on traditional radio uh, north of Traverse City Um, and a lot of these schools are so far apart and so far away that your TV news stations um, there's only one uh, AP news member Um, so when you see these Associated Press All-State teams Kids over here aren't getting that representation because right. it's too yes. far for stations to go. Uh, there's only four AP members, um, print media, in the entire Upper Peninsula. Um, so what we're trying to do is, is, since people can't get to these rural communities and get a lot of media coverage in these rural towns, we're trying to bring the content and uh, the coverage uh, to these other people. So we want to partner with TV stations, uh, not just here uh, in the northern half of the state, but really along the state. The MHSAA is going to be on board with this to get more content on there. You know this from training uh, kids up here. There's a lot of good, talented athletes up here. Absolutely. One kid from the UP every two or three years go to a D1 school. Uh, obviously, with Lake State and Northern and Michigan Tech, the D2 market's pretty strong up here. But uh, uh, we want to get kids in, in programs uh, exposure, and that's what it's all about is uh, I, the spun off of I was coming back from uh, 
the all UP basketball meeting this year where we picked the all UP basketball teams, basically a lot like what the free press does down there. Um, but the, the 25 person board, there's only three people on the Eastern half of the UP. Our kids over here, uh, weren't getting selected, weren't getting accolades because people just hadn't seen them, uh, participate and play. So I was driving back and was working with some of my fellow media members in the Eastern UP and the Northern Lower trying to figure out how do we get our kids more exposure? How do we get our programs more exposure? I mean, we've got some pretty good programs. St. Ignace basketball is a dynasty. Rudyard baseball is a dynasty at the state level. But a lot of people don't know about these teams uh, unless you make it to a championship weekend and you get downstate. Right, I want to touch on that real quick, Dan, because number one, let's stay on base with this because um, I think this is outstanding. Number one, uh, yes, to there's a lot of talent out there and, and being out there and seeing it for myself. Because, look, I've I've trained kids from all over the country. I've trained kids uh, in Michigan and Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, you know, the powerful areas, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, where you're from. And I, I'll tell you, there's a lot of kids up there that – that fit the mold. I mean, they really do. They, they're good. They're talented. They're great kids too. They'll work hard. And that's what people want too. Now they need that exposure. Nowadays, you know, you got to be seen, you got to be heard. I mean, that's everything. And, and I can't wait to continue to help because I love coming up there. It was awesome meeting you. I love what you're doing. Uh, one thing I want to touch on because it was unreal this year in the MHSA state basketball playoffs and Iron Mountain, oh my gosh, I, I can't stop thinking about it still. Uh, obviously, my high school's played Paloma a lot. Paloma's a very strong program outside of Lansing, uh, Michigan area. It's, it's, it's kind of like my high school, very small. Um, and that was a great game. But oh my goodness, the, the, all real. I know you watched it. It, it was, it was, incredible. The, it, it was, one of the most shocking things I had ever been a part of, and there was a large group of us uh, huddled around a tablet uh, watching the game uh, because I was actually uh, over uh, coaching at a youth basketball tournament uh, while that game was going on, and they had it on a screen, and we're all huddled around the table. And I have talked to people who were in the building I've talked to people that have refed, coached, uh, people that have been around the game a long, long time and had never, uh, ever seen anything like that. But I can tell you the celebration from town to town when those kids were coming back across the UP from Lansing was almost bigger, I think, than it would have been had they actually won a state championship. Now, sure. I know if you, I know Bucky personally, if you would have told him, Bucky Johnson, the coach there, uh, about, you know, if you would have tried to sell him on the moral victory, he probably would have kicked you in the teeth uh, <laughs> at the time. But uh, I think the lessons that came out of that um, on both sides, and I think from the MHSA as well to step up and kind of uh, acknowledge and recognize what's going on there, um, I think – uh, from a community pride standpoint, I, I know they don't hang banners for those, but uh, those kids, I think, and, and they may not see it until 10, 15, 20 years down the road, 
but I think once that bitter taste goes away, um, those kids and those families that were a part of that, I think are going to look back and realize uh, just uh, just how important that was, even uh, even in a loss. And I can tell you this right now, um, I do not want to be anywhere near Iron Mountain's basketball schedule next year. No, I, I want to say this to you just to give all, a, those, guys, uh, recap. all those guys are coming down. Yeah, let me give a recap just so people understand the game and, and the people need to look this up. Obviously, Iron Mountain number one is uh, where Tom Izzo's from. Uh, so people will understand that more Michigan State's basketball coach. So we can get now where Iron Mountain is uh, in the whole spectrum of of where where they've been, who's went there. Iron Mountain is uh, in the Upper Peninsula, obviously. They had a game against um, Palma Westphalia. And what happened in that game, so people can understand, I hope people tune in. On YouTube, just look up, just put Bucky Johnson, Iron Mountain, and you'll you'll get the interview. Um, I yeah. had a couple very bad calls against them. They had a traveling call that was uh, questionable when they were up one, and then they also, when the ball was back to Pawama, they had a foul, you know, a couple fouls to give, and once they foul, they call it an intentional foul. <laughs> so uh, Pawama gets to the line, sinks both free throw, goes. It was incredible. Uh, one of my friends. Yeah, television set. We couldn't believe it. I will say this, though. I have two sides to it. Number one, the traveling call was not travel. Number two, the foul, being in that situation, because I've been a coach. I am a coach. I am a trainer. I don't know what you do in that situation. It's Hindsight is, is tough, right? I don't know if I foul and you have that far to take a shot. But then again, what if the kid hits a shot? You had a foul to give and you didn't foul then there's the narrative. Why didn't you foul? You had fouls to give. It's a tough situation for Bucky Johnson. It's a tough situation for the MHSAA because they got to now answer questions. I'm going to end on this. I'll touch on it, though, uh, Dan. We have to get better with officials in this state. I've seen it down here. I've seen it, I'm sure, up there. It's very hard. It's a shortage, obviously. How the heck can we change that, though? Well, uh, obviously, I think, and it's a big task. You, you got to change the culture. Uh, officials that are, young officials that are stepping away, um, officials that are retiring. I mean, you you could survey uh, all of the officials in the state, and ninety five percent of them are going to tell you that the least positive part of their job is dealing with the people. Uh, fans, um, parents, uh, it's, it's a nasty culture and and guys and girls, they don't want to put themselves through that because the reason that most of them will tell you that they're signing up and registering to be an official is to give back to their communities and to help out and kind of pay it forward. Like people did for you and I, when we were coming up playing, but the, there's such a negative impact. And we've seen it even all the way up to the professional sports level where there's these reports and these replays and these different camera angles where it seems like every time we get a call, we're expecting it to be wrong. And now you walk into a ball game, and I think people expect and are looking for officials to make mistakes. And I just think, think the pressure 
and the atmosphere around that position makes it not so appealing for people. I want to say this though, Dan, the, the, here's the problem. The, the big problem I have is, okay, I was a coach at the high school level. I made $2,700 as a coach coaching varsity basketball. A lot of us guys, you've done it. You almost volunteer your time. And after you pay things back to your program or, or you're coming out of pocket, you don't make any money. And as an official, you spend a couple hours of your day, you know, and I know it's hard. You get out, you get out of work. Well, most of these guys have normal jobs, obviously, but you're getting paid for a few hours more than a lot of these coaches are making per season. So I, I don't want to hear the excuse, or I don't want to hear, oh, you know, the fans are riding me. Look, you're getting paid still to do this. Look, a lot of coaches get fired if they don't win. A lot of refs don't get fired for making bad calls. So my point is this. I'm not knocking officials, but what I really want to start promoting, and this is one of my new things with basketball I want to do, I want to pump up the fact that you can make a little money being an official. You can have a future being an official. Just do a good job. Understand what comes with it. You're not going to be liked. (laughs) Your job is not to be liked. Your job is to call the game. Your job is to do the best you can do. And you win some, you lose some. Um, I think I'm, you know, I really, really like to start talking about that more when I do my camps. Hopefully uh, we can set something up with that. Cause I think a lot of young people should go into officiating. And I think to, uh, to touch on a point, like you said, um, if you show up and you do a good job, you're not going to get that negative, nasty criticism because you know it, sportsmanship is the number one thing stressed from the very youngest of levels. Um, you don't technically see uh, criticism. People don't just show up and yell at officials. There's right. typically some kind of massive mistake that is made if they're getting that negative feedback and fire. And I think if you show up, you call a good game, you do a good job, uh, most people will be appreciative. And here's the thing. Uh, the game should never be about the officials. If you're out there trying to make the game about yourself as an official, that's where you run into problems. And I thought that was the problem going back to the to the Palamo Iron Mountain game is I think those guys took that moment at the end of the ball game and made it about them. Sure. Um, the biggest problem in that game was not the calls themselves. It was who was making the calls. The calls yep. were made by guys who were not in position or it was not their call. Right. So here's a guy who's calling a traveling call from, from 50, 60 feet away. That's not back. his call. That's right. his the partner's call. Both times. Yeah. So he shouldn't even have his whistle in his mouth at that point. No, but he, he made a mistake. He tried to step up and overstep somebody else's bounds and that's what got those guys in trouble at the end of that state championship game was the two or three big calls the travel the intentional foul uh a couple of others uh, on the fouls to give late yeah um out of position or not your call and they they all of a sudden somebody who had no business calling a travel blew his whistle, and then it became about him. Yeah. I want to add this. It, it almost would be like, Dan, you're the head coach, and you draw up a play, and I 
push you out of the way and say, no, we're running this play. You know, that's pretty much what the, the officials did. <laughs> yeah. You're the trailer official. And if, and I've refed a ton of basketball games. When you're the trailer official in that moment at the end of the game, your whole thing is clock. You're watching the clock. You're worried about that. The guy in front of the play is watching. It's, does he get fouled? Is, isn't an intentional foul. The guy trailing that play at the time should be really focused on clock. When does it stop? Uh, does he get the shot off in time? Because there was only a few seconds left. I think when the kid shot the free throws, correct me if I'm wrong, what was it, like 1.5 seconds or something? You know, there wasn't yeah. much time. Maybe maybe more. I'd have to go back. It's been a while now. But I want to end the, this segment um, on the officials on this. I would love, Dan, if we could, when we do our camp, to get some officials or get some kids together who can listen to officials, their side, and then we also could teach kids how to officiate. Because I think that, let's be honest, you know, I, I had a pretty solid basketball career, but really I think I could have been maybe um, earning more money in my life as an official because I had the knowledge of the game. And maybe some of these young boys and girls that are um, in the UP that are down here, uh, lower in the state could become great officials could earn a living doing it who knows you know there could be some goals with this and uh, that'd be a lot of fun man i'm hoping that we could maybe do that that would be a good project that would be awesome and you know an example you're touching on is uh young jackson Ingalls, who people who follow high school sports uh, doug and doreen Ingalls at saint ignis yeah. Uh, they're legends in high school coaching. Didn't Zach Ingles play there? Or is, or that's, and then there might be a different kid. There's another Ingles out here, I think, that was big-time player. Yeah, but their son uh, grew up around the game, obviously in a coaching household with two people, that two Hall of Famers. Um, his playing days, uh, you know, he doesn't play basketball. He referees full-time during the season. Because he's a young person who grew up in a game, got a lot of knowledge, and decided, you know what, I, I'm an average basketball player. Um, I'm not going to go to college to play basketball, but sure. you know what, I can rough games for the next 50 years. Yep. That's awesome. No, that's that's great. I, I really hope we can do that. I am really excited. Yeah to come up there uh, again, Dan. I, I love it up there, out there in Newberry in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, uh, across the Mackinac Bridge, obviously. I'm really excited to maybe uh, work on a few other things to get kids more um, recognition out there, more uh, recruitment for kids, because I think the kids definitely meet the standard. I really believe that. And it's very similar to how I grew up. I mean, my high school was so similar to the Ishwaming Westwoods of the world, the Newberries of the world. Um, where maybe we were overlooked. I'm gonna, I want to say this about the, the small town big dreams thing. I, I probably did as, as good of a job I, as I could do as a high school athlete in basketball. And I'll never forget this, Dan. We, we lose to Flint Beecher at the Breslin, and a reporter looks at me and he goes, I think everybody knows who Jeremy File is now. I'm looking at him going, where have you been? <laughs> you know, I, I've been pretty good for a while, but that's the challenge that small town kids get. And, my, and I think oh, that job is to pump these kids up. And here's another thing, and it's great with what guys like you are doing, uh, going around, training, doing camps. Uh, there aren't AAU programs up here. Uh, you got to go uh, a couple hundred miles to get on a travel-level AAU team. So, um, you know, it, it's tougher for kids not only to, to get exposure – 
but to play the game year round, which, uh, as you know, um, if you don't work on your game year round, whatever the sport is, uh, you're going to have trouble if you eventually want to make it to the next level. Yeah. No, that would be outstanding. I, I've obviously talked to some coaches um, up there about this, and it's something that's really uh, close to my heart. And I, I think there could be something that happens. I mean, we always have these conversations, and no matter what, I would just love to continue to come up there and help in any way. I'm excited about that. Um, we got a little bit of time, Dan. I want to touch on a couple more topics before you got to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, in the, uh, the big picture – and not staying uh, local like we love to do. University of Michigan, huge hire. I mean, I don't, I don't know your thoughts on it. It's a, it's a huge buzz. Number one, obviously, being out here close to University of Michigan. Um, I'm excited about the Juwan Howard hire. What's your thoughts on it? Well, it's funny because here you're kind of a dead split because you get the Upers who will automatically always back Tom Izzo, and yep. then you've got a strong allegiance. Uh, of Michigan fans. Me personally, uh, when I saw it come across my phone that John Beeline was leaving, I went, whoa. And then about five minutes later, after I processed what was going on as a Michigan basketball fan, uh, I I immediately think to myself as a sports media and somebody that does some sports talk shows, uh, I thought their first call better be Jawan Howard before any of this got started. Uh, because he would be perfect. Uh, And, of course, obviously things fall the right way. Some of the bigger names weren't on the market. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, we've got to see what he can do running the show. The big key right now is for him to get a good, strong assistant class in. But I can tell you this, as great as John Beeline was, he is a tactician. He's an X's and O's, a player development guy. Uh, Jalen Rose the other day on ESPN said uh, there hasn't been a McDonald's All-American to go to Michigan since the Fab Five. Right. And if there's one thing Jawan Howard's going to be able to do that Michigan hasn't even been able to do in its own state, let alone the national picture, is get out and win in recruiting. Yes. Uh, for so many, how many years in a row did the Mr. Basketball from the state uh, go to Michigan State? I mean, oh, they scooped up Mr. Yeah. Basketball for 10, 11, 12 years in a row, and Michigan wasn't even a player in its own state. I think Jawan Howard can hit the Deion ground Harris, running. Dan. I think Deion Harris might be. I'd have to check the stats. I don't have it in front yeah. of me. Deion Harris from Detroit um, might have been the last one, but that wasn't even a beeline recruit. That was Tommy Amaker. No. Uh, Deion Harris yeah. was a 2003 graduate with me. And, uh, and then right after that, I, I think Drew Neitzel was 2004. I mean, this is, we're going back in time, but you're absolutely right. I mean, this is – I said it even – Think about it. Yeah. All the big-name recruits in the state, 15, 20 years, have been going to Michigan State or, in the case of, like, a Josh Jackson, who uh, we saw as UP fan before he moved out west. They took down Nagani in a state quarterfinal a couple of years ago. But even he left the state, went to California to play school ball, but – did not come back to Michigan State, which was expected, or Michigan. He went to Kansas. Jawan yeah. Howard, 
can go out tomorrow and start recruiting in the state, especially down in the Detroit metro area. Yes. But I think two or three years, I think you're going to see Jawan Howard recruiting on the level of a Kentucky, a Carolina, a Duke. I think uh, one of your first two Twitter endorsements are LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. <laughs> you, got, you got a good backing. It helps that two of your former college teammates are prominent members of the basketball media in Jalen Rose and Chris Weber. Uh, obviously, uh, since the sanctions have been lifted, uh, we don't have to whisper about the Fab Five anymore. They're not just right. kind of like cult heroes to us here in Michigan. But uh, I think recruiting-wise, he is going to be excellent in recruiting, and that's going to help make up for some of the time that he needs to finish developing as a coach. Yeah, one thing I want to add is not only, number one, all the things you said, I'm so excited. Number two, you're a Michigan fan. I didn't know that. And I'm a little happy. You know what, Dan, you are. You're my, maybe my favorite person in sports media in the state now after that. But I want to say this. It's funny because, look, they're gonna be, there's going to be people that throw shade. And, of course, you know, Mike Valeni's huge on 97-1, the ticket out oh, here. Yeah. And, of course, he's going to bash it. I get that. Your, your job is you're a Michigan State guy, and you're going to you know, throw shade, and you're going to be negative. And we're a very pessimistic state when it comes to sports media. The positive is this. Everything you just said is absolutely correct. The recruiting is going to be great. And I made a, a statement on my last podcast when I went solo. I said, I don't know if he's going to win right away. He, they might have a bad year this year, but I think they're going to recruit out of their minds. And I also compared it to Penny Hardaway, what he's doing at Memphis, where no. Memphis wasn't great last year, but man, they're getting players. And I can see Jawan Howard doing the same thing. We've got a kid right down the road who's a freshman, who's the best freshman in the country, who goes to Ypsilanti Lincoln. And his name's Amani Bates, and he is an absolute media yeah. star. That kid now. right there is a beast. And now him going to Michigan would make sense. You know, go to someone who's a former player, a Fab Five member, it makes sense. I have no idea what's going to happen the next three years with that kid. But that's an example of our best kids in the state. Absolutely, Dan, we got to get them if we're Michigan. We got to at least compete for them. There hasn't even been a competition. And the big picture is the Midwest. I made a set of Michigan State basketball this year. That's why they're good. They get the best Midwest kids over Michigan, and they get a couple of diamonds from Texas or somewhere else, but they dot the Midwest against Michigan. They always do. If you look at their roster, I mean, last year, Cassius Winston, Detroit. Matt McQuaid was a Texas kid, hard-nosed kid. You know, you look at um, Tillman, a Michigan kid. Michigan needs to get, and they don't get them. You get a kid like Langford, you know, who was an Alabama guy. Who you know another diamond, but he's outstanding. But but the Midwest, he always gets. I'm going to go back in time. The Shannon Browns, the Calvin Torbers, you know the Mateen Cleves. These are all Midwest kids from Michigan or surrounding states. And I think Jawan Howard, being from Chicago, is going to dominate in recruiting in a few years. And I can't wait. I, I'm going to give you three names, and you, Mateen Cleves was going to go to Michigan and was getting recruited there by guys from the Fab Five in high school. Sure. Let me throw two, let me throw two prominent names at you. Denzel Valentine, if Jawan Howard's coaching at Michigan, does he end up at Michigan State? 
I say no because he's in Lansing. I say no because he's in Lansing. But but that's okay. a good, that's a good. There's a battle there though. Petition for him, yes. How about this one? Zion Williamson started in Chicago. Sure. You don't think Michigan's in the mix for a no, guy I like a Zion Williamson? Absolutely. Absolutely. You just if people can temper their expectations for a year or two, I think if they give him the full five years on the contract, let's see what his first recruiting class does through. Because here's the thing, too. Jawan Howard's going to get high recruits, but he's got a better chance to keep the one-and-dones until that rule gets changed because guys are more likely to stay in college for a guy like Jawan Howard because they know he's going to develop them for the pros. Sure. Well, he's got a better shot again than one-and-dones. That's the great part. And I think that's just that's the nature of this thing in basketball. It's, say, it's sad to say, but that's just how it is. And I'll be honest. With you. I think that's still how Michigan we beat state that we get better players than them because they're going to probably get the kids that are hard nosed, tough. Still, they're going to get the Cassius Winston's. They're going to get guys who step in, and and our competition with them recruiting the same guys hasn't worked in the in the grand scheme of things. We've done better. I mean, Beeline really caught up, but Michigan State still is a better basketball. No argument. And I will give Tom Izzo all the credit in the world, but Michigan State is one of the few top-notch college basketball programs that still uses their red shirts. Sure. If you offer a kid a red shirt nowadays, a top-notch caliber recruit, he's going to laugh in your face. He's gone. He doesn't want to sit around and develop and wait four years to go to a Final Four. He wants to go to the NBA. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to see how this thing plays out. I think Michigan's going to have a down year. I just don't think they have enough right now uh, of talent and players. Michigan would have had a down year next year. And I think that's part of the motivation with, with Beeline leaving for the Cavs. I think he feels like the time is right. Uh, it was going to be hard for Michigan to duplicate the last couple of years of success next year with who was coming back regardless of who the coach was. Oh, yeah, no doubt. 100%. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And and I said that multiple times. John Beeline was going to have a hard time winning with this year's team. Uh, there's a couple of guys still on, on, the, uh, on the fringe of making a decision to go to college. And, and that we'll have to look into this because I think Juwan might turn some heads. I think he might get a couple late kids to come in. There's a, still a couple they 2019 are- kids. They lost Jalen Wilson, who was the number fifty recruit, pulled out yes. last week. Yeah. Since I then, he he's gotten back. back on. He's included Michigan back in, and four other top one hundred recruits who are unsigned have put Michigan on their list. That's big, huge. <laughs> so he might get back the one guy they lost, and he might gain three other he's got three scholarships left to fill and he's got four top 100 recruits on his radar since he's taken the job and he hasn't even really started the job yet i want to give a shout out to ward manual i I mentioned this dan i said in college basketball because i was a part of western michigan it's so important in june to know who the heck your coach is going to be i mean even before then i mean western michigan when i was there my freshman year um, 
McCollum, the head coach, had just left. Steve Hawkins, who's still at Western Michigan, took over the job. He took the job over, I believe, in April or May. And I kept saying toward, you know, toward Manuel, oh, my gosh, make this decision real quick. Because if you don't, you know, you're really going to be wondering how the heck this thing's going to turn out. They get their guy before June. The summer conditioning program is going to be there. He gets to recruit his butt off in the open period in July. And, and I'm really excited because, number one, that top four or top 100, the four kids, oh, my gosh, if we can get that. Look out, Sparty. Sorry, Sparty fans up there who love Tom Izzo. Look out because now we're rolling again, and we're really going to be rolling the next few years. So I'm crossing my fingers, Dan. I really hope that happens. But I thought it was a great hire, and and I know there's going to be a lot of attention behind this. There's going to be a lot of um, questions behind it. There's probably going to be a lot of hate. There just is. But you know what? It's powerful for our state, though, too. And I think Ward Manuel does deserve a tip of the cap because he did not get caught up in in fantasy land. Uh, He didn't go begging Brad Stevens to come back to college. Uh, he didn't wait around to see what's going to happen with Billy Donovan. Um, you know, he found his four or five realistic recruits and he got this thing done in nine days. And he, re- he interviewed four different guys for the job. Uh, two of them b- turned it down. Incredible. Um, one guy backed out at the b- last second. Um, but it, he, to your to your point, give him credit. He got his list together. He went after the guys that he wanted, and ultimately, I think got the number one, uh, the number one candidate uh, on his list outside of coaching experience. Uh, Jawan Howard checks off every single box that you could want, and, and you know, kudos to to the University of Michigan for not messing around and not wasting time. Uh, because the more and more guys that you reach out to and the more and more guys that turn you down, uh, that can look bad. Look at the uh, uh, see, look at UCLA earlier this offseason. They went six or seven guys deep on their list. And now all of a sudden, uh, that's a program that's labeled that people don't want to be a part of. Yeah. Uh, so Michigan struck while the iron is hot. Uh, they got a guy that four or five NBA teams uh, wanted. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it's great now that John Beeline didn't take the Pistons job a year ago and stayed a year later because now Jawan Howard is ready. He was willing to come and he wants to be here. And that's going to be huge. I think the John Beeline uh, move to Cleveland was a terrible decision for him personally. I, I think that um, he'll find out really quick why it is going to be <laughs> because there's just no way they're going to be good. There, there's too much parity in that Eastern Conference that's way above the Cavs. The Cavs can't get why? anybody good enough to to win. And, and I'll say why because number one, Milwaukee's going to be really good for a while. Detroit's still better than Cleveland at this point, even though they're not great. I think Chicago is going to be better. Than they've been. I think they're really starting to figure it out. I think New York's going to get KD and Kyrie, so they're going to be better. Good luck, John, and because you're going to have a hell of a time trying to win in that conference. If they make the playoffs, it's a win, though. If John Beeline gets the oh, clear, yeah. clears to the playoffs, you you struck gold, my friend. But if but if I will you're expecting him to do anything close to what it's been in the past, you out of your mind. He gets Cleveland to the playoffs. I will build a statue outside of the arena with my bare hands. 
thousand you. Because there's just no way, in my opinion. I've been wrong a lot. I've been horribly the wrong. East, the East and the NBA is almost I'm until that band breaks up in Golden State, and I'm not talking just KD leaving, but I mean uh, Draymond, Clay, Steph, KD all have to be on a separate team for me to consider that band broken up. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. But the East is almost back up on par with the Western Conference, I think, as far as depth goes. It Certainly is, yes. not as strong as the top, but uh, Milwaukee, uh, Boston, um, you know, Toronto's not going anywhere. My gut says Kawhi stays there, with, wow, with, especially really? now. You're the first that said that, now. Dan. You're the first that said that about Kawhi. I give you credit. If they finish off this four-game run to come back from 2 enough down 2-0 to make it to the finals, if they're anywhere near competitive with Golden State, he's not going anywhere. I really hope so. I think I hope you're right, Dan, because I'm really getting tired of guys bouncing on multiple podcasts uh, with Andre Pirano. We go over this all the time. You know, you're old school like me. I, I just wish guys would stay. I think that's why I love Giannis. Because here he is in Milwaukee, which is not a great place. He he loves it there. I mean, the fans love him. He doesn't want to go anywhere. And I mean, we'll see what happens over the few years. But I think he's going to stay there. And I think he loves being in Milwaukee. And I really wish, you know, look, as bad as Detroit's been, you know, and and I think it's, it's, like I said, I'm going to go back to it's a pessimistic state we all know that we we all have a lot to say and we we we've done we've dealt with the negativity in detroit pro sports so i think we're always going to question every move but blake griffin was a was the third team you know third team in the nba all nba teams i think he had a great year and and he is a star still and i think detroit had a solid year the biggest part in that is the 30 million more reasons he has to stay in Detroit than go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, he's not going anywhere. We're not going to get anybody good enough. I like that no. core, though. I do like that core that um, Bernard's growing as a player. And I don't like Reg Jackson. I made that very clear. But um, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of things that will happen this summer. Um, but it was great talking to you today. We hit a lot of topics, man. I'm yeah. so excited for you uh, with M123 FM out there up north. Uh, you know, program sports director Dan Hardbrook. You've done an outstanding job, man. I cannot wait to go up there. And uh, I can't wait to have you back on the show, man. I thought you, uh, you know, you you blew me away with some of the things today <laughs> with your input. And uh, how can people follow this, though? Uh, I'm going to share it, obviously. But how can people follow what you guys are doing up there? Uh, M123 FM on Facebook. Uh, you can listen to uh, digital radio stations up and running 24-7 at uh, M123FM.com. But uh, if you follow us on Facebook, uh, you'll see uh, videos from uh, softball and track and field uh, this spring, some of the basketball highlights uh, that we've had uh, going on. Um, we were lucky to have a couple of All-Staters right here in our backyard basketball season. So there's some stuff up there. But uh, if you follow the Facebook page, a lot of good uh, video content there with some of the events that we're covering. And then uh, back uh, on the uh, website, you can listen to us 24-7. And hopefully uh, our new uh, regional uh, school 
network is uh, up and running in time for the high school football season. Uh, I can't wait to see that, Dan. Thank you so much. Again, Dan Hardenbrook, M123FM. Look on Facebook. And again, Dan, what M123FM.com, correct? Yes, yep. Yep, so I'll be posting uh, about that as well. I I really appreciate it, man. Great job. Continue to do big things in a small town. And I can't wait to see you guys. I am ready for some calamari. Chamberlain's (laughs) in. Oh, my gosh, I will be there. The best calamari in the world. June 1st and 2nd, youth basketball camps here in Newberry. If If you're looking to make a trip next weekend, come on up. Next week? I think I might be able to do that. You know, I have any more gift cards at Chamberlain's. <laughs> I, you come up from camp, I will buy you dinner. Oh my gosh! I hold on. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling. I'm telling they soon and Jordy right now. Before you go, right. you know this is what we do on our show because we're we're uh, I'm low level. Dan, hold on. I'm going to give a shout out real quick. Uh, Dan Hardenbrook says we can go to Chamberlain's Inn and have the best calamari in the world. Yes. yes okay. We're- <laughs> And thank you so much, man. Have a great evening. I know you got all this graduation stuff, track. And uh, thank you so much for joining me, man. Hey, no problem. Anytime. Again, Dan Hardenbrook, M123FM.com. Small town, big dreams, doing big things up there in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, it's awesome. Love that type of stuff. We need more people doing bigger things in small communities. I always say that. So, again, uh, thank you, Dan. This is Ball and Beards Podcast. I'll have Ben from Boston. The bearded gentleman will be joining me soon. We're going to talk some NBA stuff. So, please tune in. Again, this is Ball and Beards. <laughs>